turn in our Bibles to the book of Luke. Book of Luke. Book of Luke. We're going to look at a story that you've, you've read numerous times, but I want you to look at it a little bit different way tonight. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 10, and we're going, to, we're going to look at the story, and you'll see once we get to, go to verse number 23, and we're going to read about seven verses, and then we'll get right into it. Let's go ahead and stand, stretch our legs one more time. All right, we're actually going to start in verse number 25. I'm sorry, Luke chapter, um, 12, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and it says this, and it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? Question mark. He says in this, he says, And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And in verse number 28, he said, and he said unto them, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Verse number 29 says this, but he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. May we get something from your word and apply it in our life. May we look at ourselves a little bit different tonight, and may we understand that you have something for us. Lord, there's so many wonderful things in our life that's going on, but we need to get a true picture of who we are. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Be with us as we look at this for this short time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. End of the fall, end of the fall um, campaign is the sowers and the reapers. And, of course, we're going to have um, a revival coming right behind it with Cody Sturgill next week, starting next, next Sunday night. But can I tell you something? We have a job to do, and just because this campaign's over, that job's not over. We, we need to do what God tells us to do. And here's the question that the lawyer asked. He asked that question at the very end. He said, who is my neighbor? And as I was looking at this, I'm going to preach a message that the Lord has laid on my heart, but I want you to look at this in a different way. The message is entitled, That's a Picture of Me. That's a picture of me. So normally we look at this, the Good Samaritan story, because we're going to get into the Good Samaritan, and we ask this question, what can I get out of this? But tonight I want you to look at this as if you were to ask, which one is me? Because when you read the story, there's, there's numerous people here. And then, then ask this question even a little bit more. It says, which one of the, uh, uh, is the picture of me that God truly sees? I'm going to tell you something. God sees something. And he sees something in you. What does he see? So the title of this message is called, That's a Picture of Me. And I'm just going to be brutally honest. And I'm not going to be brutally honest about you, but I'm going to be brutally honest about me. And I want you to see this. I want you to go, and we're going to read the story. Start at verse number um, 30. And he starts telling the story. It goes all the way to verse number 37. And I just want you to follow along, 10, 30 through 37. It says, and Jesus answered, answering said, now he's answering this question about who is the neighbor. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, likewise, a Levite, when he was at his place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and setting him on his own beast, and brought him to the inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, 
and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. You know, when I was thinking about this story, read the next two verses just a second, I wonder what the innkeeper thought. I wonder if the innkeeper knew that he, knew, he didn't know this guy, he just picked him up off the street, or did he think he was a family member or what? I don't know what the innkeeper thought of this guy, but he did know that this guy was taking care of the other guy. And so then it goes on and it says, now he asks this question, he goes back to the Lord and he asks this question, he says, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Question mark. And he said, he that showeth mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. And so he asked him that question. He says, which one of them is the one you need to be? And he says, listen, the one you need to be is the one that showed mercy. And when he's telling the story, the guy also knows what a Samaritan is. He truly knows what a Samaritan is. No one liked the Samaritan. And when you put the word good Samaritan together, that was just something that wasn't normally put together. And so he's shocking the lawyer by just saying that. But here's the story. He breaks it down. And I want to ask you this question. What picture does God see of you? When you break this story down, which one is a picture of you? The one that everybody wants to be is what? We all want to be the good Samaritan, right? Let's look at what it says about the good Samaritan. Verse number 33 through 35, here's his part of the story. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Can I tell you, compassion makes a big difference in your life. We need to have compassion upon those around us. Even the ones in the church, we need to show compassion with them. And then it goes to verse number 34. It says, he went to him and bound, him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Now I want to tell you something. That's one thing to work on the sores that you have. It's another thing to work on somebody else's sores. And here's a total stranger. He has no idea probably where, what even income this man comes from. Why? Because we know that he had no clothes. He was ripped off. He was, he was beaten. He was put in a, in a ditch, left for dead. So this man comes upon him. He has no idea who he is, where he came from, and what really even happened. And yet he was willing to go to him and to bound up his wounds. Keep reading, and it says this, it says, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now he's taking the comfort that he had and put it on this other guy and say, okay, I'm going to bring him to where he needs to go. And he takes him in the next verse, and he takes him, on, and on the morrow when he departed, he took out um, two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So I want to ask you this, is that a picture of me? Is that, is that a picture? When I'm looking at this, I wonder if that's truly a picture of me. Can I be just brutally honest with you? It's probably not. We read this story and we see that this man is a great man and he's, he's coming down off his beast to help a man that he has no idea where he came from, no idea who he is, probably doesn't even know his name. We don't even know if he's able to talk. And yet there's a man that gets down off his beast. And if you were brutally honest with yourself, would you be that person? Is this a picture that Christ would see of you? I, I, I look at it and I would like to think that that's it, but in reality, that's not who I am. I am sometimes, but not all the time. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says in Galatians, it says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That's, that, that tells us when you have an opportunity, do it. How many of you ever had an opportunity you didn't do it? How did you feel when it was all over? Not too good, right? 
And so here, this guy has an opportunity, he takes it, and then it says in Galatians 6.10, let me keep reading, it says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them which are of the household of faith. We're talking about people in here. When you have an opportunity to do something, do something. That's why I like the secret sis thing that they do. Because you, you get to give gifts to people and they get to give gifts back to you. And, they, and it's a fun thing to do. And when they have a special day, it's always good to acknowledge them. But as I was looking at this, am I a, that's a picture of me. I would say probably not all the time. We would like to think that we're 100% good Samaritan. But we're not. The picture of me that I see, you know, I truly understand why Paul says what he says. He's the chiefest among sinners. The things that I should do, I don't do. And the things that I don't do, I should do. And he goes on in that whole, whole text and he says, listen, I, I need to be doing these things, but I'm not doing them. If, if someone were to say, you were a picture of something in this story, would you be the picture of the Good Samaritan 100% of the time? If you were honest with yourself, like I'm being honest with me, I would not be that Good Samaritan 100% of the time. Because number one, there's time and effort that's involved in that story. There's also money. There's also pleasure, a leisure that you have that you're giving over to somebody else. And then you're also expanding on it and saying, I'm going to spend every dime I need to to get this person where he needs to be. You ever had a situation where you see somebody and you know they need you? And you walk away from it? It's not a picture of me all the time. I wonder what God thinks of me. Am I the good Samaritan? Sometimes 20%, 30%, 40%. I don't know, but I can tell you right now, I'm not 100%. And that's what our goal should be. So the picture that I see of myself, it's not the good Samaritan. Well, there's another guy that's mentioned in here. Go to verse number 30. It says, And Jesus' answer said, A certain man went down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among what? Thieves. Now we have the thieves. You say, well, Preacher, you're not a thief, are you? Well, what did, the, what did the thief do? He took something that wasn't his. Have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Is that a picture of yourself? If we're brutally honest with ourselves, sometimes we take things. It doesn't have to be an object. You, you could take things from people and it doesn't have to be an object. When I was looking at have you ever hurt someone but didn't care? There's things, we, we, we don't have to take things. We can hurt people, Larry, and we, we, we can get after people, and then we'll leave them on their own in, in their own demise. Is that a picture of you? Is that a picture of me? Sometimes it's a picture of me. And I wrote even this down. As I was writing this, I said, it's their problem now. They have to deal with it. Here this guy's walking down. I don't know if he knew these guys, and they just beat him to a pulp. They took everything that he had. And I wonder if that's a picture of us sometimes. We take things that aren't ours. Amen? No one wants to say amen on that, but I'm telling you, sometimes we do things, and we don't care what people think. And I'm not preaching to anybody other than myself. Sometimes when I go, I, I, I know I've hurt somebody, and I don't go back and apologize. You ever been there? How many of you like to apologize? Man, I love it, right? Just bring it on. I love to apologize to somebody. You know what I love to apologize to? Somebody that I know that has done me wrong. But you know what? When I apologize, you know what I expect when I apologize to them? To them apologize back to me. And you know what? That doesn't happen all the time. And you know what? When I apologize to them and they don't apologize to me, can I tell you I've got to go back and apologize again because now I'm even madder at them. I've been there. 
I've apologized to somebody in the first ministry we're at, and I went to him, I said, I, I had the, I, I, I'm sorry for what I did. And that person looked right at me and said, you should be. And then re just released all wrath on me. And later on, we would find out that I was correct and she was wrong. But you know what? She never sat down and said, Pastor Weiner, sit over here. I am so sorry that I did that. Never said anything more. She was bitter the whole time we were there. We are like the thief sometimes. Sometimes we know we've hurt somebody and we just don't care. That's a picture of me. We're not perfect. And if you're sitting up here going, well, I'm more perfect than you are. You might be. Possibly you probably are. I have to work on things all the time. And when I read my Bible, my Bible tells me all the things that I do. It's a, it's a lecture. You might as well put it. Walter Wagner's book to read because you do things wrong all the time. That's the Bible to me. And so when we look at this, look at this. Are you a picture of the Good Samaritan 100% of the time? Probably not. Am I a picture of the Good Samaritan? No, I'm not. Am I a picture of the thief? Yeah, a little bit. Have you ever said something to somebody and it made you feel good that you hurt them? Oh. Now we're talking about people because that's what we do. You know what, sometimes we, we, especially as Baptists, sometimes we, we like to push people down so we can uplift ourselves. This man took everything. These men took everything. And look what it says. They leaving him, I don't know what half dead is, but that's not in a good state. They left him half dead. So am I a picture of the good Samaritan? Probably not. Am I a picture of the thief? Probably a little bit. Now look at the next one. Go to verse number 31. It says, and by chance there came, I like that word, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, have you ever been that way? Have you ever been a picture of that? You say, well, I don't wear one of those little things on my collar, so I don't look like a priest. That's not what I'm asking you, okay? I'm asking you, do you ever do this? You know there's a problem. You see it from afar, but you don't even want to look at it because you don't want to be held accountable for it. Now we're getting more pictures of me. You know, there's been times when people have said, oh, wow, I need some help with this, and I could have helped them, and I didn't. I just walked away like I didn't hear it. You know, in our life, what do we do? Is this a picture of me? The priest, every, have you ever seen a problem and tried to act like you didn't? Have you ever seen somebody, maybe you know you can fix something, and you just don't want to give your time up. Let's say you're good at woodworking. And you go over to someone's house, and they've got a lot of woodworking projects. One of, the thing, one of the big mistakes that I've made is I tell people I like to do drywall. I just like to work with drywall. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing, and I, I've always liked to do drywall. And when they hear that, it's like, bring it on. And so when I go over to someone's house, let's just say I, I go over to Daniel's house, and he's got some drywall projects, you know what I'll do? I won't bring it up that I like drywall because I know how long drywall lasts. How long, if you do it right, how long it'll take you. Have you ever been there? Because we are a picture, I am a picture of this priest when I see a situation and I don't handle it right. I just walk away and act like it's not there. See, he saw the man, but he acted like he didn't see him and he just kept going. That's a picture of me. 
When there's a problem, there's a situation I can help, you say, well, you're laying out all your dirty laundry. You know what? Everybody's like this. You have problems and you see a problem and you just walk away. That's a picture of me. Now watch the next one. (laughs) You think the priest was bad. The Levite was even worse. Because the priest sees the man, let's say raised the man that he's beaten. The priest sees it and he just does this. He just keeps walking. Now the Levite does something a little bit different. He does this. He sees Ray over there and he goes, man, he looks bad. That's what the priest does. Look what it says in the Bible. Go to verse number 32. And likewise, a priest, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. He lays eyes on the guy. He gets close enough to see. And you know what he sees? He sees a man with no clothes on. He sees a man that's beaten, half dead, has no idea who he's doing, he's, who he is. He's bleeding. He doesn't think he's going to make it. He's half dead. And he thinks to himself, there's nothing I can do. You know what I equate that to? When you got to know what's going on. And you're not an answer to the problem. You just want to know what the problem is. And then you walk away from the problem. There's been times in my ministry where I I probably shouldn't have done this, where someone said I need money and and I'd give them money. Now, I'm going to have about five or six people. Russ would probably be the first one to come up to me and say, I need some money and I'll have to give him money now. But um, when they said I need money and I've given money to people, then I found out later they would use that money for the wrong thing. You know, when you do the RU ministry, it, it is a reformers unanimous. It's, it's a ministry where people that are addicted to certain things, they go to it on a Friday night. There's a church, uh, I think Rock Springs does it up here. And we used to do that in our last ministry. We had one guy that we had to, we had to use church discipline on him because he was going to our people in the church and he would ask them for money and he asked them for $20. And the $20 was used for drugs. Well, I would give him money not knowing what he was doing it for. And then he started going a little bit further, and he would go to the the church members' neighbors. And he'd ask the church members' neighbors, they're they're not here, but could you give me $20? Because I go to their church, and they're not here right now. And he was manipulating the whole system. And so what we would get sometimes is we, we were trying to help the guy, but I was hurting him in certain things. So then it started to become a lot of time and effort that I have to go pick him up and spend time with him to keep him where he wouldn't get out on the streets and take the drugs he was taking. It took time. And you look at a situation and you don't think this Levite was dumb. He went down and he looked at the situation and he saw what was going on. And he said, I just don't have the time for this, and I don't want to develop anything in this because it's going to cost me something. But now I know what he's got. I really don't want it. Is that a picture of you? Picture of me? There's always people in ministry that need something. Amen? If If you don't believe that, you should take some of the phone calls we get at the church. Every week we get someone to call, hey, can you, can you take care of our, our um, rent? Can you take care of our water? Can you ta-? And it's not people from our church. I'll help people with the church if you need something. We'll do everything we possibly can to help you. But in this situation, you know what? I'm a picture of the Levite. When I was writing this down, I was ever seen a problem and wanted more information and then walked away? You knew it might cost you something. It's a picture of me. Because you know what? I can't do everything. You can't do everything. And I understand that. 
But when God tells you to help somebody, and if, if you, do you understand this whole situation? These two guys that walk up on him, they're basically letting him die. And they're not calling anybody. They're not doing anything. They're just walking away from the situation. Now, is that a picture of you? Is that a picture of me? Be brutally honest with you. It's pretty a picture of me sometimes. I know I could help them spiritually, and I don't. Because you know what? It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. And so when I look at this picture, I, it reflects upon me because sometimes I act that way. Sometimes I act like the thief. Sometimes I, I do things that I shouldn't do, and I take things from people that I shouldn't take. And I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about I don't treat them right. And then I've got the, the, the priests that I want to ignore sometimes of what's going on. Oh, no, here they come again. There was one particular lady that we'd have in, in the school system, and once you work with schools, you'll understand this. I'm sure people that work in schools will understand it. There's always that parent that you don't want to see. And one day I walked and there was a bunch of, bunch of teachers in the hallway and I literally turned around to look at something on a bulletin board and all the teachers are, boom, they're gone. And I'm like, where did they all go? And I turned around and there she was. And she had her finger pointing right at me. There's no way I could run and hide because Lord knows I would have tried if I could have, amen? And I went over there and I had to talk with her and I was one that could control her and talk with her, talk her down out of what, what she was doing. But a lot of people just didn't even want to give her a chance. And she had some good grandkids that she was giving all of her money to get them a Christian education. But no one saw her. They just saw her as the loud lady that's going to yell at you if something goes wrong. Can I tell you, we've got to go back to understanding that God wants us to be that good Samaritan. God wants us to be a picture of that good Samaritan. Now there's a fifth one on here, and he's one we kind of overlook. Go to verse number 25 through 29. Here's that lawyer. And you know what his problem is? He tries to justify everything. Hmm, now is that a picture of us? Well, if I do this and I do that, then it's, everything's okay. And it balances out in God's eyes. Really, it does it? Because that's not how God works. Look at what the verse says. Go to verse number 25. It says, it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up, and what's the next word? Tempted him. And it says, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And, Jesus, and he answers, Jesus, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast all answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself. So what we do sometimes in a situation, we try to justify our actions. How, how many of you ever done that? All the time. Well, I said that to them because what? They said this to me. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that? You know, this is not a picture of Jesus, the, the lawyer. It's a picture of us. We try to justify everything. And so I, I wrote justification, and then it's this. We know what to do, but do we do it? Because at the very end, it never said what he did. Go to verse number 36. It says, now, which, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he, he that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. I would say, if I were looking at this, I would say he probably didn't change his ways. 
because he probably had a lot of things. He was a lawyer. He was moving the, 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 a different direction. We already know that he was tempting Christ. And so I don't know if you're a picture of all these. I'm a picture of them. I'm a picture. I'd like to think I'm a picture of the Good Samaritan, but I'm not 100% a Good Samaritan. I'm, I'm, I'm a picture more of the thieves, the priests, the Levite, and the lawyer. We say, well, Pastor Wagner, why, why are you bringing this up? Because there's one more picture of me in the story. There's one more picture of me in the story. And I've overlooked one person. See, sometimes I'm a picture that that priest, I see a problem and I don't even want to deal with it. And, and, and it's okay not to deal with all the problems that you have. There's sometimes you have to be, time management won't allow you to do it. I understand that. But if you can help, and the priest could have helped, now, you, you've got to understand when he's telling the story, when that guy says it's a priest, what does the lawyer know about the priest? He's a religious person, and he's not acting upon it. He sees it, doesn't care. That's sometimes like me. Then the Levite goes down and looks and says, that looks bad. I don't want to deal with it. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes I'm the thief. I hurt people, and I don't even care about what I'm doing. And then sometimes what? What's the last one? I'm the lawyer. I try to justify myself. This is one more than I'm probably than any of the other ones. I'm more of the lawyer. You know, I just can't do this because I don't have the time. And I'm going to try to justify this. And, you know, it says that he tried to justify it. But in the same sense, it also said that what? That, Jesus, that he was trying to tempt Jesus. How do you justify tempting the Savior, tempting the Creator? See, I'm a picture of somebody else in this too. Let's go read the story and I'll show you where, I el where else I am. And we've already read it a couple times because there's another picture of me. And it's an old picture of me. But this picture, sometimes I forget about it in my life. And the picture that I'm talking about is found in verse number 30. Verse number 30 says this, and Jesus answering, and I'm not talking about Jesus because I'm not a picture of Jesus. But I am a picture of this. A certain man. You know, here, here, here's a picture of who I am before I got saved. Watch what it says about him. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Can I tell you, <clears throat> I was wounded. I was alone. And I was more than half dead when it comes to spiritual things. You ever been there? I'm talking about that picture of me in the ditch that religion couldn't help me. But thank God, a good Samaritan, a Savior came down, got off of his horse, fixed me all up, and took the wounds and wrapped them around me put me on his horse and carried me where I needed to be. And it, I love this verse. Look at the very end of it. It says, um, and took care of him. Verse number 34, the last four, five words, and took care of him. See, the picture of me that sometimes I forget because I'm so wrapped up in being the Levite, the priest, the thief, the lawyer, and sometimes a good Samaritan is the picture that I forget sometimes of myself of me before I became a Christian. 
And before I was a Christian, I was more than half dead spiritually. I was dead spiritually. I was wounded. I was all alone. I can't tell you how many times I would be in my bed at, at college and say, I don't know what would happen if the Lord came back. I don't know what would happen if the Lord came back. You've heard me say this. I thought, man, I'll live in the mountains. I can't live off the land. I'd eat the poisonous berries and leave the other berries for somebody else. I know I couldn't do it. I like warmth. I like air conditioner in the summer and heat in the winter. I couldn't live that way, but I had it so wrapped in my mind that I could do it. I could survive. And I'm talking to Christians all across this auditorium. You all had that picture of yourself before Christ came in. And you know what? Sometimes we forget that picture. Sometimes we forget that picture because one day I was that man in the ditch. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I'm so thankful that a Savior came down. And you know what else he did? He sent me a good Samaritan to talk to me about it. Because sometimes we are all alone and we don't know what to do. And Jesus sends somebody. And that's what the picture's all about. Is the picture that I was before I was a Christian. Half dead, spiritually all dead, wounded, and alone. You ever met somebody and... You just know they don't have much. I related this to my Sunday school teach, Sunday school class today, but Daniel and I were in the hospital. And we were talking to Ann's brother and sister-in-law. And we couldn't sit beside them. And so we sat in a different chair, and there was a lady that sat right across from us. And I could sense... I don't know if Daniel, if you could sense, she was waiting. She was just, I, was, I had my back to the desk. because She was just staring at the desk. She, want, she wanted to hear some news. And you could see that she was anxious. I, I figured out how old she was by some of the things that she said to me. Didn't look, I didn't think she looked that old. But I could tell, just sensing her, that she was all alone. And if you start talking to somebody, I want to tell you something. They'll share their heart with you. And so she proceeded to tell me, in the last year, she has lost her, her husband. She had lost a couple cousins. Her second son had passed away, and now she's in the hospital wondering if her next son will ever get out of intensive care. You know, I saw Ray. I saw a lady in a ditch. I saw a lady that was all alone. I saw a lady that, that was just waiting to hear something good. Daniel and I prayed with her. And we gave her a track. I said, if you need anything, you come see us. I want to come up and see your son if he gets out of this. And you know what? You could just sense that she didn't have anything. I want to tell you something. We live in a world where there's a lot of people in the ditch. And the world has just ravaged them and left them all alone because there are thieves out there. And they left them for half dead. Aren't you thankful for the picture that you are thinking about right now when you think about you? Maybe a person, maybe a place, maybe a situation that, you, that showed you that someone cared about you. This is not a message that's going to make anybody, oh, wow, that's a great message. But can I tell you something? When God looks at your, you and he sees a picture of you, what does he think? When I look at myself, I see that picture of me before I was a Christian. All alone. See, I think that's one of the worst things that's going to happen to people that go to hell. 
because they're all alone. You'll hear them say, well, I'm going to go there with my buddies. They won't see their buddies. They'll be all by themselves. There'll be a perpetual falling, perpetually burning. It's not a good place to go. And, and, we, and even Americans now have joked about the word hell. All alone, wounded. But I remember another picture also. It's on Mount Calvary of a man that was wounded, half dead, on a cross, and bruised for you, for your iniquities, for your sins. And so when you look at all these pictures of this, the man that tells the story is going to be like that later on. He's going to be on a cross, no clothes, beaten, bruised, bleeding. And you know one of the things he's going to be, he's going to be all alone. He's going to be amongst thieves. And you, you see this, I read the story and I go, wow, how can I be a picture of the thief, the Levite, and the, and the priest, and the lawyer, when I know what the Savior did on the cross for me, and how he sent someone my way? And I am so thankful for that good Samaritan. So this is your, 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 your process with this. Who does God want you to be a good Samaritan to? Who is your neighbor? And what picture of you does God see? I'm not perfect. I never claim to be perfect. I, I do wrong things all the time. God convicts me when I do wrong things, just like he convicts you. But as I look at this story of the Good Samaritan, it's not just a typical story of, the, of a man that helps somebody. It's a picture of who we are. Do you see problems and not want to fix them? Do you go over and see what the problem is, then don't want to fix them? Are you justifying what you do like the lawyer did? Are you saying mean things and doing things to people that you know is hurting them and you just don't care? Because there are people in that ditch. And there are people that are, are bleeding and dying spiritually. And all they need you to do is put your hand down Pick them up and fix their wounds. Can I tell you something? There's not a problem that you go through that Jesus can't help. There's not a problem that someone goes through that Jesus can't help them. And aren't you thankful that he helped you? So you know what you need to do? You need to help others. It's not all about just coming and getting points for your team. It's about being what Christ wants us to be. And you know when I read this story, I am amazed at how sometimes I am not that good Samaritan. And I think you, if you were honest, brutally honest, as I've said, you're not always a good Samaritan either. And who is in that ditch waiting for you to help them up? Are you going to look at them and walk away? Are you going to take all their things? Are you going to not even, are you going to ignore them? Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I try to justify what I've done when I know what I've done is wrong. And I just think of the picture of me laying in that ditch and God showing me, hey, I've got something better for you and you don't have to be all alone. Isn't it great that you know Jesus walks with you and talks with you?
And he's along every aspect of your life. Isn't that great to hear that? I'm hearing two people, but I'm telling you right now, I'm thankful for it. Amen? I'm waiting for three people to say it. Amen? All right. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to be all alone. Have you ever thought what the, what the man in the ditch, whenever he would see that good Samaritan, what he must have thought? That man loved me at my lowest state. Wow. I'm telling you right now, if someone in this room was hurt and bruised, I would help you. I, I wouldn't look at your bruise because I do not like things like that, but I would help you try to get everything I could. I'm not a nurse. I could never be a nurse. But can you imagine not even caring? You're driving home tonight. Your neighbor that you know is in his house, and it's on fire. What are you going to do? Pull in your driveway and go drink some coffee on the back porch? Or are you going to go tell the neighbor? See, that's a Samaritan. We don't need to be the thief. We don't need to be the lawyer. We don't need to be the, 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 the Levite. And we don't need to be the priest because of what God's done for us. Aren't you thankful you're not all alone? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Sometimes evaluating who you are, because every time we evaluate what Christ, who Christ is, we're going to fall short. Every time. We're not even going to be remotely close to what he's done. We are to try to be like Him. That's why we're called Christians, to be like Christ. But when we're very brutally honest with ourselves, <laughs> we really understand who we really are. I don't want to be the Levite. I don't want to be the priest. And every time I am, I know that I've done wrong. I don't want to be the thief and I don't want to be the lawyer, but every time I am, I know that I've done wrong. But I can tell you, every time I've been the Good Samaritan, I am so thankful that I got to help somebody. Because I reflect back on the picture of me in the ditch, and that Good Samaritan helped me. I hope you think this story through of which one you are as I have which one I am. I don't know what's going to happen this week, but I do know one thing. God's going to put somebody in a ditch for you to help out. God's going to put somebody along your way that you're going to see. Either I can help them or I don't have to help them. I can walk away. I can see what it is. I can still walk away. I can justify everything in my mind just like the lawyer did. Or I can take things that aren't mine. That's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to love your neighbor. Lord, I thank you for your word. Sometimes when I evaluate why sometimes I do things. It's not a good picture of who I should be. Sometimes I, I fall so short. Lord, I'm not you, and I know I'm not. But I want when you look at me and you see me and you see a picture of me, and if you were to paint a picture of me, what would it be? Would it be someone that cares for others? Would I be that good Samaritan? Will I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? 
this, this, we've had a good time with this um, campaign. But when the campaign's over, it doesn't mean that we have to stop doing what you want us to do. We need to invite. We need to talk. We need to talk about you. We need to praise you. Because you've done so many wonderful things for us. Tonight, again, I'm trying to prepare people for November because we just need to be thankful for who we are and where we came from. And we just take a few minutes tonight to just praise you. And, and to praise you that you love us despite us being the Levite, despite us being the priest, despite us being the lawyer, despite us being the thieves. You've want us to be that good Samaritan 100% of the time. Lord, let us go to, go to that and be like you. May we show mercy and grace to people. May we not defend us. May we not justify ourselves. May we do what's right. Lord, I thank you for these people. Let them realize that they have a big job to do, just like you've given me a big job. Lord, may we apply this to our life. And someone this week, send someone this week to cross our path so we can illustrate to them that we care for them no matter who they are, no matter what it costs, no matter what time it takes. May they see you in us. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and glory for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand up for us, it's not going to be a long invitation. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to evaluate yourself. I'm going to ask these questions with no one looking around. Don't raise your hand. Just answer them inside. How many of you have ever hurt somebody and you didn't really care? How many of you have ever seen a problem from afar off and you walked away so you wouldn't have to deal with it? How many of you have seen a problem, you walked even closer, looked at it, and you walked away because you didn't want to deal with it? How many of you can justify what you've done because of who you are? Maybe your position. Now let me ask you this question. Do you remember when you were in the ditch? You didn't have anything? Aren't you thankful for someone that came and helped you? Aren't you thankful for that Savior? I sure am thankful for the Savior that, that He's been to me. He loves me all the time. Sometimes He has to correct me, rebuke me, because He wants me to be that good Samaritan. When's the last time you thanked him for who he is? Just a second, you're going to have an opportunity to do it. Come to this old-fashioned altar and just thank the Lord for what he's done. November's right around the corner. We're going to talk about thanks the whole week, whole, whole month. When's the last time you thanked him for what he's done? Lord, thank you for being who you are. As we have this invitation, sometimes it's not good to look and see who we really are and the picture that we have of ourselves, Lord. Lord, you, you gave us this, this story for a reason. May we be like good, the Good Samaritan. May we love our neighbor. May we understand that it takes some effort to do this. It's going to take us some time. It's going to get us to go out of our way. But Lord, at the very end, it'll be worth it. The Good Samaritan. May we be Good Samaritans. May we not be that lawyer justifying everything, the priest, the Levite, the thieves. Sometimes we fall in their patterns, but Lord, may we get out of them and be that good Samaritan. Thank you for loving me when I was nothing.
Thank you for showing me what I need to do. Now be with this time of thanks where we just thank you for who you are. Lord, you love us despite our faults. And for that, I thank you. In Jesus' name.